it's important to kind of have a frame of reference of why I believe that Jesus loves us so much and why he wants us to have the kind of relationship that he had with the Father and he wants to give that to us. Jesus is teaching on prayer in Luke 11 and he says this, verse 1. One day Jesus was praying in a certain place and when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray just as John taught his disciples. If you begin to look at the frame of reference that the disciples are coming to Jesus, you notice what they said, teach us to pray just as John taught his disciples. Already at this moment, they are asking Jesus to do something that is less than what Jesus does to his father, the way he prays to his father, because these disciples are asking, teach us to pray like John's disciples, like John taught his disciples, teach us to pray, and they're already kind of lowering the standard because, see, Jesus has a unique relationship with the father. The Bible says that, you know, when we learned in the King James that, you know, it was his only begotten son, But that word literally means in Greek, unique. That he is unique. There is no one like Jesus who was born here on earth without a father, a physical father, and was given birth through the the Virgin Mary because the Holy Spirit came and did this miracle. And all of a sudden, this is just this miraculous birth. There is no one like Jesus And I want us to just begin to understand this, that Jesus has a unique relationship with his father, has a unique, special, close bond that it is him, and we believe that the father, the son, and the Holy Spirit, but here on earth, he has this special relationship with Jesus. He has this special relationship with Jesus. And so now, the disciples... Say, please teach us to pray. So Jesus says this, when you pray, and he's going to give them something so much more than what the disciples ask. He says, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give each us, give us each daily our bread. Forgive us our sins. We're also Forgive everyone who sins against us and lead us not into temptation. The most awesome thing Jesus did was taught us a glimpse of how we should pray. That we should praise the name of the Father. Praise the name of the Father. That we should give Him glory. We should honor Him. We should lift Him up as we were singing this morning. Thou hast created that he is our God, that there is no one like him, that he created all things and he did it for his pleasure so that we can have that special relationship with him, that Father in heaven should be praised. He should be lifted up above all things, above your problems, your concerns, your tragedies, your hardships, your struggles. All those things should fall short 
of who God is. And you must put him in that position. Because naturally as human beings, we don't put God in that position. We like to bring things down to our level. We like to bring things down so that it becomes equal. So that we all are blended and we all get along. Why? Because no one wants to be outdone by the next person. But God doesn't have that, want that kind of relationship with us. And that's why we need to put God in that position. That he is above all things. That he is worthy of praise above the moments that we are in. That he is worthy of praise above the things that we face tomorrow. He is worthy of praise. And at this moment, I choose to honor my Father in heaven. So when you pray, push the things aside. Push the needs and the concerns and the worries and the doubts and the fears. And you begin to praise the Father. I'll tell you, I've had some of the most powerful prayer times I've ever had, and it had nothing to do with God answering anything or even the fact that God even listened to me. The most powerful prayer times was when I, in the midst of my concerns, in the midst of my daily life, took my eyes off of the moment and put them on God and begin to recognize how big and how awesome and how mighty and how great and how powerful and how he has the ability to do anything. He's God. And I'll tell you, when, once I do that, I begin to lose focus of everything else. I begin to lose focus of the concerns that I have. I begin to lose focus of the daily grind that we go through, and I begin to see God as who he is. Awesome. He is God. He is God. He's not just someone we hope in. He's not just someone that we lean upon like a crutch because we need help. He is God, the one who created this place, the one who spoke nothing into existence, and the one who will speak into your life. Why wouldn't you praise a God like that? Why wouldn't you lift him up? And that's the hardest part, I think, when it comes to prayer is because we feel so weighted and concerned about the things we go through and we forget how special he is and how awesome he is. We're not talking about some religion that's just a part of this society. We're talking about God. We're talking about our Heavenly Father who is worthy of praise. And if you struggle in trying to praise him, then you need to keep on doing it until you understand that he is God. He's God. Father, hallowed be your name. Praised be your name. And this is your kingdom come. Jesus automatically puts all of the will and the, the path that God wants to do on the Father, not us. Your will be done. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. You see this moment when Jesus is in the Garden of Gethsemane and he's just about ready to go into the, to be crucified. And Jesus, who is still a man here on earth, said, who is 100% man, 100% God, but he was still a man. He says, Father, if there is any way possible that you can take this cup from me, if there's any way possible that this moment could pass and I don't have to do what you're asking me to do, please do it, God. But not my will, but your will be done. You notice Jesus didn't start off by saying that. He didn't say, Father, not my will, but your will be done. And if there's any other way you could do it, 
please do it. No, he did it in the opposite. Why? I think it's very important because listen to what he said. I don't want to do it, God. I don't want to do it. But whatever path you have for me, whatever plans you have for me, may that happen over what I want. May that be what I do. Not what I want, but what you do. And I think sometimes it's very important to work it through. To work it through. You know, all of us work through problems differently. You know, lately, when you go to the store, and you start to buy things, and they tell you it's $4,000, and they hand you two bags. It's like, what? <laughs> I was in line with a guy the other day, and I'm like, man, you better be picking up more bags than that. I said, you paid over a couple hundred bucks. You better, he goes, I know, man, I know. I don't know why I said that. Why did I say that? Come on, oh, you usually pay attention. She's thinking about volleyball this afternoon. Sure, she's gone. But the thing is, is that, you know, you, oh, I know what I was talking about. Thank you. Yeah, working it through. You know, sometimes we go out, we go shopping, you know, and sometimes I'll take the girls and I say, girls, get what you need, you know. Get what you need. And, and, uh, and they know when I say that, it's because usually God spoke on their behalf. Go bless your girls, you know. So, so we're going to the store and we're, we're doing this. And, and, man, I get that ticket, you know. And, and I'm like, woo, woo. And, 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 you know, mom has learned over the years to take the girls aside and say, let dad work it through. Let dad work it through. You know, because, because reality sets in and all of a sudden it's like, what, 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 what? Okay, okay. You know, and then they put on their, you know, $32 an ounce makeup and, you know, it's just, it's, okay, I'm working it through. Sometimes we got to work it through. Because we're real. We're human. We're people. You know, I, I, I don't like it when, when people come up and they say, have, have great faith. Have great faith. And, you know, it's like they never have a problem in their life. Of course you got a problem. You're real. I mean, think about all the times angels came to speak to people and they said, do not be afraid. How many times God showed up and said, do not be afraid. Why? We're afraid. It's real. When I think of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, when they're facing the fire and the consequences of not bowing down to the idol, and they said, our God can save us from this. Our God can deliver us. But even if he doesn't, we're going to disobey. That's real. Because they know that they are about to die. It's real. And I just want you to know that sometimes when we're like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, we're facing the circumstances It's real. You have to work it through. You have to let your mind begin to process who you really believe in. And it may not turn out the way you want it to. But you have to resolve in your heart, I'm going to trust God. I'm going to believe God. And whatever he desires of me, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it because it's not about me. It's not about what I want. It's about his will being done. And I want to tell you something. You may not understand the path that God put you on, but he put you on that for a reason. He put you on that path for a reason and do not doubt the process because I believe the word of God that he says that he will make all things work out for our good according to those who love him. All things for our good. Why? Because God is working on your behalf. You may not see it. You may not see it. You may not understand it, 
but God is moving on your behalf. And you have to realize that when we surrender our, our will over to God, when we surrender our own desires over to God, we're putting it in a better position, in a better place. And God is going to do something amazing. But you've got to surrender yourself. You've got to work it through. A lot of times I work it through over and over again. You know, and I, I trust that God has a plan, and I'm just going to believe it, even if I don't understand what to do. I don't understand what to do. God, what do I do? I don't understand, God. What do I do? Show me your will. I'll do it, whatever you want. Jesus said, listen, I want you to praise the Father. Lift him up. I want you to understand that it's his will that you want done. And you know why Jesus says, May your kingdom come and will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. Because who obstructs him in heaven? Nobody. Nobody obstructs him in heaven. When God wants something done here on earth, who brings resistance? The enemy. The enemy is fighting for his agenda and his purpose to kill, steal, and destroy you. He doesn't like you. He hates you. He, you can't negotiate with the enemy. He wants to destroy you. And so when God wants to do something on your behalf, your enemy, the evil one, is going to come against you. He's always going to resist. Why? Because he doesn't want you to understand that your father loves you that much. That your father is willing to do anything for you if you just ask. That your father will move on your behalf. And if you don't have the resources, he will make it happen. Just as I was, I was reading this last week of, of Moses taking the people out into the desert... And the Bible says to Moses, strike the rock. Strike it and watch the water flow. And Moses did it. And the second time, people start grumbling again. And so this time, God says, you speak to the rock. All Moses had to do was say, hey, rock, turn on the cold water. And it would have came forth. But he did it. He struck it. And what did God say? You're not going to enter the promised land. You're thinking, wait a minute. This is Moses, man. Moses talked to God as face-to-face, -face, as a friend would talk to face-to-face -face with God. Moses had a special relationship with God. Moses was so close to God that his face would illuminate. It would brighten up, and, then, and people were so afraid of him, he had to put a veil over his face because his, the glory of God was on him. Moses was the original GE light bulb, man. He was in God's presence. He was there. People saw it. But all of a sudden, he disobeyed God once. And he's not allowed to go into the promised land. Why? Because God says, you did not honor me before the people. You put it in your hands. You did it. You did it. You didn't do what I asked. Honor me. I'm telling you, man, when we honor God and we put him first and we say, okay, God, not my will. Your will be done. We honor God. And God says, I'm going to bless you for it. And then he says, give us each day our daily bread. Give us each day our daily bread. Jesus recognizes that we need things. Ask your father what you need. Just ask him. What do you need? What do you need? Just truly ask him. You know, when my girls come up to me and they say, Dad, I think you're the funniest man in the whole world. And Mom's so lucky she got such a handsome-looking guy like you. I look at them and say, what do you need? Or, no, what do you want? 
What do you want? Speak to your father. Tell him what you want. Tell him what you need. Just speak to him. What's the worst thing that could happen? He say no. But how many know that your father has even something greater? Because sometimes we ask for things that are short term and we ask for things that just don't, you know, will help us in the moment but maybe doesn't have the best benefit for us. Just talk to him. And you know why I think this is so important that Jesus said it here? <laughs> because he asked us to ask the Father to provide for our needs before we even ask God to forgive us. Do you, do you see how Jesus is trying to show us that your Father loves you so much? You know, my kids, when they disobey me, when they did things, you know, when, I mean, you know, way back in the day when they disobeyed me, you know, and they're, they're angels now, but, but, you know, but they would disobey and they would do things that weren't right, you know, and, and we would discipline them. I didn't stop loving them. I didn't kick them out of the house. I didn't say, you know, when you turn 18, you're out. Oh, I've never stopped loving them. As, as mad as we could ever have been at our kids, I never once thought, it's done. It's over. But Jesus is showing us that even before we ask for forgiveness, ask him what we need. Hey, I tell you what, Frank, do me a favor, Frank. Come up here for a second. I want to, come here, Frank. Come on. <laughs> come on. Come on, Frank. Frank, <clears throat> what do you need? What do you need? Ice cream. Ice cream. <laughs> you make sure you go buy some ice cream after church, okay? All right, you go. Thank you, buddy. You better invite me. Now, I did that for a reason. Because all of us know the last thing Frank needs is sugar. <laughs> no kid needs the sugar. But because I wanted to bless him, I looked beyond his need, and I said, I want to bless that boy. God looks beyond what we need, and he sees our heart. And that's why I love coming to him. Because when I'm asking my father, hey, father, I need this. He sees beyond that, and he says, I want to bless my boy. Go get some ice cream. It's minus 35 degrees. Go get some ice cream. <laughs> Thank you, Father. Thank you. You see, God loves us that much. And you know what? I didn't ask Frank for, to ask me for forgiveness. I didn't blame Frank for anything he does because he is Frank. He is loved. And yet we do that. So many times we come to our Father and we bring all of our mistakes. We bring all of our concerns, all of our worries and doubts and failures. And we come before the Father and we say, Father, you know, maybe, maybe if you could just provide for me my daily bread. But our Father looks beyond that. And he says, hey, go get some ice cream. 
lift up your head. Ask me what you want. Ask me what you need. I'm your father. That's the beauty of prayer. Jesus said, go, lift up God, honor him, pray that his will be done, ask for your daily bread. And then he says, forgive us our sins. Forgive us our sins. And the unique thing about this is that Jesus knows that if we ask God to forgive us, that he will. He will. That he's not going to hold it again. If he's willing to bless us even with our mistakes, if he's willing to give us the things we pray for even before we ask for forgiveness, how much more do you think the Father will say, I forgive you? And you know what the most beautiful thing about forgiveness is? It removes that thing that is between us, between you and God. It removes that sin. It removes that broken relationship, and it clears the deck, and it says, okay, now we can enjoy each other. We can spend time together as parent and child, as God in creation. Forgive us our sins. I've often thought, why would Jesus tell us that? Because he means it. Why would Jesus tell us this? Because it works. You don't have to carry the guilt and the shame. You don't have to bring the failures with you. He is willing to forgive. And then he says, and also forgive everyone who sins against us. This is important. Because you can't just have this relationship without having this relationship. We just had this last week and all of our kids were home. All of our kids were home, including a girlfriend, and, and, um, and it was a house full of people. And my wife came to me the other day, and she says, is it me, or have we, like, been cooking nonstop since they got here? I said, I said we cook, we put it out. They're like, more, 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 you know. <laughs> I might need that 10 bucks back, Frank. <laughs> no. But the thing is, is that they, they were enjoying themselves and having a good time, and we did all this. And you know what? There are times when our kids would fight with each other. There are times when our kids would get upset with each other. And I remember the boys, you know, they just, you know, especially young men, you know, they have that male pride in their, their heart. And, and uh, not just pride is male thing, but it's, you know, they just were stubborn. And, and we were in line at Disney, and, and uh, we were getting ready to go on one of the coolest rides ever. Um, and and it, we stood in line. We got there early. We got there quick. We were in line for about an hour and a half. When we got off the ride, it was the waiting time was over four hours. I mean, it was just a fantastic ride. And we're getting there, and all of a sudden in line, now this is like day four of Disney. Everyone's tired and grumpy and hungry. And, uh, and so we're getting in line. We're there in line, and all of a sudden they started to fight. These two boys turned from, you know, young men to little toddlers, and they just began to fight. And I'm thinking... I did not pay all this money so that you guys could fight and ruin my adventure on this ride. And yes, I was being selfish because, you know, it's like I paid all this money and here you are. And, and we were told you got to go on this ride. It was the Avatar one at the time, you know. It was just a cool ride. And so we're, we're there. We're in line. And I'm thinking the only thing I got to do is get these guys right. Why? Because mom is upset that her boys are fighting. 
And because mom is upset her boys are fighting, the girls are now being pushed aside because mom is trying to keep it cool while they're, and then mom let some girls cut in front of us, these budgers, and now the girls are mad at mom because these girls budged and they stink. <laughs> and so they're coming, oh, they smell. Mom, why'd you let me? So the girls are upset with mom and the boys are upset with each other and I'm thinking, I invested all this money, and you guys are ruining it. So as a good father, I began to work, work the crowd. Okay, girls, hey, just be, you know, mom loves you. You know, here, here's, spray some perfume and just walk through it, you know. Just, oh, you know, just do that. And so, and, you know, now I got to deal with the boys and the boys. And, and I'll tell you, man, I was working it. I was working it, and we were like literally next in line. And all of a sudden, forgiveness happened. The boys said, sorry, sorry. The girls forgave mom for letting the stinky girls in front of her. Mom is all happy now. And we, we, were, we were seven, so we got to ride to ourselves, you know, because it only seats eight. And I'll tell you, we all got off. We got on that ride. Next thing you know, we're like, whoa, whoo, and everyone's good. And I'm on the end. And we're like, ah. And you know what? During this time, you know, you're in this virtual thing. You know, I looked over, and I saw every single one of the Ortegas. And I'm like, oh, thank you, God. Thank you, God. <laughs> Why? Because as a father, I was so happy. Everything was good. And they enjoyed that ride. And man, they just, it was, it was one of the greatest rides they went on. And they all had fun. Because, see, that's the power of forgiveness. Once you get everything right, the relationships are restored. And so it's so important to make sure you get these things right. And why does Jesus ask us to forgive people even, may, even though they may not deserve it or earn it? They may not even ask for it. Why? Because here's the thing, if you forgive them, then you and the Father are right. Because Jesus says, if you don't forgive them, your heavenly Father won't forgive you. So take care of that. Take care of that. And it only takes one to forgive. What they do with it is up to them, but it only takes one. And so ask the Father to forgive you, restore that relationship, forgive everyone else, restore that relationship, and then finally bring it to a close. And lead us not into temptation. God gives us wisdom to keep us out of those problems that we face. Whether we accept it or not, that's not the case. He will always give us wisdom. But what if I got into situations that already caused me problems? Keep trusting. Lead us not into temptation. Don't let us fall. I don't know about you, but one of the prayers that I always pray is this. I say, Father, let me finish well and don't let me fall. Let me finish well and don't let me fall. Because see, why do I pray let me finish well? Because I can't change the past. That's done. But I'm going to follow you, God. And in, while I am following you, I just pray, God, don't let me fall. Don't let me fall. I may struggle. I may stumble. Just like when you walk and you hit that little piece of ice. But I didn't fall. Don't let me fall. And when you pray that, you say, God, just keep me. Keep me from temptation. Don't let me fail you. I'm telling you. God then begins to do something beyond our wildest dreams. He begins to be God in our life. He begins to be the one who can make the impossible happen. He begins to be the one who can change your story and your situation, even when they say it's impossible. He's God. 
So that's why we pray. That's why we stick with him. That's why we keep seeking him. And that's why Jesus taught us to pray.